Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hello, my girlfriends. Welcome back to Above Par. So I hope you're having a beautiful week. I wanted to uh, start by thanking some people or congratulating some people who have reached out to me by they're just listeners of the podcast and I wanted to give them a shout out a couple of club championships so one of them will be from Nancy and she said that she's been listening to my podcast and said I must tell you about how you helped me with my club championship I heard you speak on another podcast about being calm certain and confident I was playing against a dear friend who I play a lot of golf with and through the second round continually was saying to myself that I am calm, I am confident, and I am certain. It became my pre-shot thought and belief, and I won the championship shooting my all-time low score. Positive self-talk is something I believe in strongly, and your three C's certainly helped me through that, so thank you. Well, congratulations, Nancy. Way to go on your low scores and your club championship. And I have another one from Shannon. And she said, I just had to write you and give you a huge thank you. I had my club championship the last two Tuesdays, and your podcast helped me immensely. I was definitely getting in my own way and not managing my emotions well. It was extremely hard to play two days a week apart, and I told Tori I was going to binge your podcast to try and keep me sane. I was leading by three last Tuesday and shot 75 today to win. I just had to reach out and tell you how much you helped my mental game, which allowed my talent to show up. I've never won a club championship and I'm turning 50 in two months. So this was my goal for the year and you helped me reach it. Thank you. So congratulations, Shannon and Nancy. That's awesome. I love getting these notes. Congratulations. Keep them coming. I think so many people find a tremendous amount of value, but just by listening to the podcast, because I do get little posts um, and notes and messages and emails, but going out and winning a club championship for sure, especially your first club championship, is uh, definitely a huge accomplishment. So I'm glad you were able to listen, <laughs> binge listen to the podcast and uh, get a lot of value out of it. So definitely a lot of you are sharing it with a lot of your friends who are struggling on the golf course. And I appreciate that tremendously. So keep sharing it, keep listening, re-listen to it if you have to. All of it will help you. It helps your brain just expand and start hearing it in a different way. You'll get some little nugget out of it. Maybe you might not like some of them or they might not relate to you, but you'll find something in there that you'll find um, that'll be of value for you at just the right time. And maybe one of those big tournaments this year or your club championship. So congratulations to Nancy and Shannon. It's awesome. And thank you so much for sending me a note and sharing that with me. So today, I wanted to talk to you about golf shame and what shame is. I'm going to talk a little bit about the definition of shame, how it shows up on the golf course, the role that it plays for you in your round and um, your experience. And it's something that is really common. Shame is one of those things that we all have a tendency to experience. And it's one of those heavy emotions that can take a long time for us to process and to deal with. And we can layer on other emotions on top of it. We can layer on some anger and some judgment, especially if shame is underneath there. It hangs out with us for a lot of holes. It can hang out with us for a long time after a round. And when it's hanging out with us on the golf course, then it starts to affect more holes and more shots. 
and they start to add up. Or we can have some blow up holes in the middle or we can have a stretch of holes that aren't so great. And it all started from some thoughts that we had that created some shame. And it can become a little bit of a habit in our language and the way that we talk to ourselves. And so I wanted to address it a little bit today here. So one of my best favorite resources, I guess, for shame is Brene Brown. Because she does, she's done a lot of research on perfectionism and shame and a lot of different emotions. And her definition, actually, it was a definition that came from some of her research. It says that shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love, belonging, and connection. Right. And some of you are going, yeah, I don't know about that, Kathy. Like, how does that show up on the golf course? So I want to give you some examples. Shame is going to show up for you on the golf course as anytime you hear yourself saying something about you being bad. It's it's basically saying, I'm bad. I'm not good enough in any way, shape, or form. And it can disguise itself in a lot of different ways. It's a totally different saying or thought than saying, I hit a bad shot. I did a bad thing. But you're not letting that bad shot or that bad thing affect your worthiness or making yourself feel like you're not good enough, right? So I want to give you some examples of the way that shame shows up out on the golf course. Different sayings, different things that you might say to yourself, where underneath it, it really is just this layer of shame. The most common way that shame will show up for you on the golf course is when you say the word should. I should have hit a better shot. I should have played better. I should have scored better. I shouldn't have missed the green. I should have made that putt. I should have chipped it closer, got out of the bunker. I shouldn't have hit it in the water. Should is one of those big words that when it pops up is really going to be a layer of shame. It's you saying to yourself, I could, but with blame. It's another way of saying to yourself, I'm not good enough. You might also notice it as some of these sayings. I suck. I'm an idiot. I don't hit it far enough. I'm not good enough. Other people are better. I'll never win. I'll never putt good enough. Shame can show up as losing in a playoff, in doubling the last hole, in hitting the wrong green. That just came up with a client that had a junior golfer hit the wrong green because they're right next to each other. And he struggled with getting over that feeling of shame for several holes. It can show up as topping it off the first tee. Can show up as not knowing the rules. This is a big thing. I think a lot of people prevent themselves from going out there and playing because they don't feel like they know the rules. Underneath that, when you're saying that and you're worried about going out there and feeling like you have to know all of the rules, there's this little bit of shame that I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. Anytime you're saying I'm not enough, the word enough, like whether you know enough, you're good enough, you hit it far enough, you putt well enough, you win enough, right? All of that is a layer of shame. Shame is leaving the club after a bad round and not engaging with the people at the golf course. Shame could show up as I have work to do. I have to practice more. Now, the difference is, is that when you're saying things to yourself, I have to practice more because I'm not good enough or, right, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm totally fine. My game needs to improve and I want to practice more. Two totally different things. So you want to really pay attention to the way that you're saying it and where you're directing it. Are you directing it at your shots, at your game, at your ability, or are you directing it at you as not being good enough or that you're unworthy in some way? The thing about shame that's interesting is that about, especially when it can show up as leaving the club after a round and not wanting to engage with other people, 
is that it likes to hide and be in silence. We don't want other and be in silence. We don't want other people really to know about it. But shame is often driven from our comparison to other people. It involves us not being good enough relative to other people, right? It is that connection. That's why Brene talks about not feeling connected with other people because it is the gauge that we use it against. When we're saying we're not good enough, it is relative to things outside of us. So when you have a tendency to want to leave and escape and go and hide after a bad round or a bad day, that is shame. So Brene likes to talk about how the antidote to shame is empathy, that we need to reach out and share our shame experience with someone else. And when we do that, and that who that other person having empathy, then the shame can go away and it can dissipate. The problem with shame on the golf course, it's really one of those very heavy, sludgy type of emotions that takes a while for us to process and get past. I'd much rather you be angry on the golf course and learn how to process your anger so you can get onto the next shot, then you shame yourself on the golf course. Because when you do that, it just takes, like I just said, empathy from somebody else to help dissipate it. Otherwise, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort for you to get over it. But if you can think back at any times that you were starting to feel like you're not good enough at something, even if it wasn't golf, right, that heavy feeling that we have, it takes a long time to get over that and to process it. We can kind of we can kind of sit in shame for an extended period of time. So when we're on the golf course and we shame ourselves by saying some of these phrases to ourselves or thinking some of these phrases, it makes it even harder for us to play our best golf because it's such a difficult emotion to process unless you have somebody there offering you up some empathy and connecting with that other person for it to dissipate. What we end up doing, what we have a tendency to do is we end up layering a lot of judgment on us, we ju- on ourselves. We judge ourselves for the shame. We can judge ourselves for some of the things that we say. And that just ends up growing the shame. It becomes bigger and heavier and harder to deal with. So one of the things that I would encourage you to do over the next, well, well on and off the golf course, always <laughs> connect with things on and off the golf course, is to really listen to the words that you're saying to yourself. Are you saying things that focus on you and the words of it being that you're not worthy or you're not enough, that I'm not good enough, I'm bad in some way? Or when you're on the golf course, particularly, are you focusing on what you did? I'm still a good player. I'm still a good person. I just hit a bad shot at the wrong time. Or I hit a bad shot at the wrong time and I'm an idiot and I suck and I'm never going to be good enough. Two totally different things. And you want to listen to the words that you're saying to yourself and make sure you're making the choice on focusing more about the thing that you did and not you as the person. Because for the sake of your golf game and just how you get to feel, you're going to be able to process that so much quicker so it doesn't hang out with you the rest of the round or affect other shots and other holes. It's so easy for us to say the famous golf words that I suck, right? And that I'm not good enough, that I'm never going to figure this game out. Because I think it's just one of those common things that we use on the golf course, right? Everybody says it, so we start saying it too. But you really want to pay attention to how it's feeling and where you're directing that energy. Because if you are shaming yourself, it's really going to affect the rest of your round and your score. Not to mention it feels crappy. You know, I talk about how self-confidence is always about the words that you say to yourself. So you're either dipping yourself closer or moving yourself closer to self-confidence or you're moving yourself closer to doubt. That also includes shame and the way that you get to treat yourself. I talk about having your own back. And that's all involved with every word that comes out of your mouth, especially about you. This is about your relationship with yourself and the words that you say to yourself. They can seem so innocent, those words, 
those shame words, those shame sentences, but they have a really big impact on how you get to feel and how you get to treat yourself and how you play and take all your talent onto the golf course. So when you go out to the golf course next time, really listen for all the phrases. Anytime you're saying I suck or I'm an idiot or I'm not good enough or I don't hit it far enough. Other people are better than me or I have work to do. Notice if you're directing it at yourself or if you're directing it at your golf game. Make sure that if you're going to criticize something or have words for yourself, that you're criticizing a behavior and you're not criticizing yourself. All right, my friends. So you're going to go on a little shame awareness this week. Start listening to those phrases that create a little bit of shame in you. And let's go on a diet. We're going to start cutting those out for the sake of how you get to feel or how you get to treat yourself and for the sake of your golf game. And listen, I love hearing your success stories. So please send me a note, send me an email. You can reach me at Kathy at kathyheartwood.com. And if I can help you at all with any of the shame that you have going on with your golf game or your life, please reach out to me at kathyheartwood.com. Have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.